Welcome to MVP Podcast, also known as Most Valuable Photography Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Clay. And I'm Devon. We are back. Yes, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a while. We are, as you made a joke about uh, the other day, we're going to get fired. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to be, our bosses are going to have our heads. Uh-huh. The famous hand movement as they're saying it, you're fired. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, MVP, we're back. There's something that I have been exploring lately. And I mean, hey, I have the dude who knows all about this stuff. So exploring, photographing people, uh, photographing uh, models, and how you actually interact and direct them. Also, how to do this with artificial light as well, because that's like another dynamic, right? I mean, yes, yes, that's a whole other, um, a whole other monster. Um, <laughs> you guys in South Florida and the warmer parts of the country and the world, I see why you guys shoot outside because it's. You know, the giant softbox. It's a giant softbox that's always available <laughs> yes. to you. Uh-huh. Um, and especially where you guys are like in South Florida, there's a lot more open space that's mm. not cluttered. Um, here in the Northeast, there's not too much space. Um, you know, New York City, anywhere close to New York City is very cluttered. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have some beautiful backdrops that you can kind of drive down the block and pick from. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're like faking them. <laughs> you know, we're finding we're finding a random bush, and we're finding you know um, the random pieces of water and stuff that we can find here. Where I think they preserved a little bit more of that um, in other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're into shooting, you know, natural environments, cityscapes. I mean, we have plenty of that. You know, my favorite place is the middle of the street. Can't. <laughs> I'm always. Getting, <laughs> everybody else is holding their breath. I'm like, nah, nah, just pose, just pose. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get hit. No, we're good. So, um, yeah. So I think um, shooting people is how um, I started Mm -hmm. or I wanted to start. I wanted to be um, a fashion photographer until I found out what fashion photography was all about and the business side of it Mm kind of turned me off from it. Um, But I like the way, you know, flipping through the fashion magazines, the way the pictures actually looked, Mm -hmm. you know, the way they actually edited the pictures, the way they pose the people, the cleanliness of the images really appealed to me. And just like they all had their own particular style. Right. So, um, um, I do think you, do I, you use uh, any of that sort of stuff that you see in the magazines as inspiration for what you do um, now? All the time. Okay. All the time. I think um, I'm always inspired by things that I see. And um, I don't know if I've developed a particular style that I run with all the time. So um, a lot of what inspires me is stuff that I'm seeing and the trends that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see like in fashion magazines or just magazines in general. Like I think there's a big trend of not retouching now. Mm. Really? You know, yeah. Like a lot of celebrities do not want their photos retouched. You know, actually, I that's think- funny. I actually saw Demi Moore being interviewed uh, not too long ago. And she 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 had posts in, uh, I think it was Bazaar magazine with mm-hmm. a big hat and um it was a nude of her she's you know almost 57 and she actually said the only reason the only way she would actually do it is if they were not going to retouch her because she wanted to sort of show the real her rather than some you know uh moderate 
you know, t- retouched version of her. Yeah, because I, I think it's giving a false perception of what beauty is. Mm-hmm. And it's really unattainable. Like <laughs> yeah. the stuff you can do in retouching, even like a natural retouching, it's really unattainable. Nobody's skin is that perfect. Right. Um, no lighting is that good. You know, there's a few photos you may get away with where everything just kind of clicked, the makeup, the lighting, everything just clicked and you get this wonderful image and you mm-hmm. don't have to retouch it. Um, but I think a lot of people are, you know, going the route of looking how they look. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they're even using skin softeners on TV. Like you <laughs> see people and like, you know, certain news broadcasts. I forgot the channel that my wife watches. And, you know, everybody has a skin softener. Mm. And you can tell sometimes when they move a certain way, their face changes. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> That's scary. But, you know, yeah, they get real old real fast. <laughs> So, you know, I think we live in an era of, you know, the filter. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't think shooting people should be all about the filter. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot about um, the interaction, you know, and a lot of times I can look at pictures and it'll be really cool pictures. But if you look at the like to me, um, I think people come to me to take their picture because they look at my pictures and they look at the people's faces and their expression. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the expression and the connection, like the images that I end up choosing uh, are usually the ones where I feel like there was some kind of connection. You know, there's some kind of story there and they're portraying the mood that we tried to put across where, you know, I see some pictures and they're great from a technical standpoint, but horrible from, you know, a connection standpoint. Yeah. You know, like people just look, you know, deer in the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that sort of thing. Do you think that uh, you can get a person who is, let's say, naturally there in the headlights? You can you, with your words, get them comfortable, with your actions, get them comfortable? Yes. Okay. I think, um, and there's, um, what is, I can't remember the name of the, the website where you can buy the tutorials and they have Annie Leibovitz and they keep running oh, yeah, a yeah, clip yeah. of her saying, right. um, it. you know, a lot of people think it's the job of the photographer to put, um, their subject at ease. Mm-hmm. And she says, I totally disagree with that. And I totally disagree with her. I okay. think it is the photographer's job. I think that's why somebody will come to a pho- um, photographer. Right. Is that they want that kind of instruction, that direction. Um, and that's what you could pull out of. Them. So any Levy which believes is not the job. It's not the job. Okay. If you watch, if you ever catch her clip of her, um, master class it's called master class okay that's the clip they always run it's like you know that's the commercial yeah she says you know something to the effect of they think it's the job of the photographer to put their subject at ease and i totally disagree with that and mm. you know I, I i guess you can do that when you're any shooting celebrities and you have a name and nobody's going to question you because right. you have a history of um um you know of being any language <laughs> yeah like you have yeah. a name you know and yeah. i i find that sad that you find out with a lot of photographers that are very successful they have like this arrogance to them Mm -hmm. and that they could talk to people any kind of way and they can you know treat people any kind of way so i i I disagree with that i think it's totally the job of the photography to put you know the photographer should put everybody at ease they should put they should set the tone and you know kind of help put people at ease if they need to be at ease if they need to be excited if they need to you know set that vibe that's appropriate for the pictures that you're taking mm-hmm. uh, it's like a good director you right. know like you know it's like yeah i don't think it's the job of a director to direct 
<laughs> you should just sit back and you know, drink coffee, wait for the actor to do his thing. And, you know, I think, I think it's the job. Like when you're a photographer and you're doing portraiture, I think you assume that job of director, mm-hmm. you know. I think one of the worst things to do is have a bunch of people on a shoot talking to the subject. Okay. You know, I think that's a two way too distracting yeah. and it just ends up sounding like noise. Okay. So usually what I do is um, if there's somebody else in the room if, or wherever we are, that's going to um, direct the shoot, mm-hmm. then I'm not saying anything because me talking to the subject, them talking to the subject, it's kind of like, you know, Confusing. it almost sounds like yelling at like yeah. two parents yelling at a kid. you know the message is getting lost and it gets confusing Mm -hmm. so usually you know if there's somebody else there that wants to direct the shoot fine you direct the shoot um if there's um you know if i'm doing it then i really ask people to like fall okay and let me do it because it just you know it just becomes too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and one thing i do whenever i um before i put a subject anywhere whether it's in front of artificial light whether it's natural light, I usually go stand where they're going to stand just to see how it feels to stand. Okay. You know, because you, once you put yourself in that person's position, you'll know how to direct them because you'll know like, okay, maybe it's warm, you know, the sun is hot over there. So, you know, like, okay, I need to move fast because they're going to be standing in the sun or maybe the breeze is blowing harder there. Maybe the ground isn't level. You know, it's something if you have them sitting down, is it comfortable to sit there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just put yourself in their shoes for a second just to see how it feels, you know, because it, it may feel it may look good, but it may not feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, it may not feel good. So and you'll know, like, you know, if it's taking a little longer to get a shot, how much they're like thugging it out for you. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. like them just knowing that, you know, like, yo, it's really cold over here. that sort of thing like nah it's really cold so you know if you ask them it's a chilly day and you ask they need to take off their jacket you know take off your jacket see how it feels Mm -hmm. you know and see like oh no okay when i take my jacket off you really feel that wind cutting or something like that so it's just those little tips that make um something come across way better and i think that um, is a skill that you can develop as a photographer Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's something that if you're looking to get hired that people will hire you for, you know? Um, and like, I do a lot of headshots and the first thing people do when they call me is say, Oh, I'm not photogenic at all. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, God bless you. I'm going to break your camera. Like they totally like, <laughs> you know, totally talk bad about themselves. And I think it's because everybody has that, um, school portrait in their mind. Mm. You know, that's probably people take professional pictures at like, um, portrait studios in the mall that their families drag them to or they drag their family to Mm -hmm. they take professional pictures at work or like ids they can remember the school portrait graduation all through grammar school that sort of thing so those are always uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. you know so that's their reference point so you have to know coming in that you know you're basically like the dentist root canal you're on (laughs) the same page you know Mm -hmm. you're on that same level Mm -hmm. like they expect this to be painful they expect this to be uncomfortable. They just want to get it over with. Like, I need this for, you know, my job said I need a new headshot and, you know, I got to get this headshot or I need it for this application or whatever they're doing it for. And I think when you can give them a different experience, it's like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> you know, so I think that's, you know, that's what I think 
you can develop if you want to shoot portraits yeah. i think that's um something you should, that's why through jen's eyes is like so amazing if mm-hmm. you see the the backflips that she'll do to get on <laughs> a smile yes. on a kid's face yeah you know and the time she'll take you know it takes you know a special person to do that yeah and you know even you know she'll she'll run for the hills if you ask her to set up a strobe <laughs> but she can get a kid to smile mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and she can get a kid to you know the 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 worst behaved kid she'll figure out how to get a good shot whereas i would have gave up you know 20 <laughs> minutes ago yeah same, <laughs> you same know way. i'd have been done same so way. um you know i think people um and once people are comfortable they get happy and when you're shooting somebody that's happy it just makes everything flow better mm-hmm you know, so once they're happy and they're comfortable and they want to be there, like you could shoot them all day. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for outfits they didn't bring to change into. Like, <laughs> you know, so, you know, this is great. You know, and that's their thing. It's like, oh, this is great. You know, um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. How long are your sessions usually? Um, depending on what I'm doing. Headshots, I usually get done in about 15, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. How many, um, how many can, images do you, you give or take? Tip. Um, well, how many I'm taking is all relative to how much I'm instructing and mm-hmm. how long it takes the person to um, get comfortable and give me the poses that I need yeah. or how long it takes me to figure out the best angle for them. Okay. Because, you know, based on, um, you know, body type, head shape, whether what this eye is bigger than this eye, mm-hmm. you know, that you really don't know until you, you know, you get them in there and find like, what we always end up calling their best side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, you know, I think getting, um, getting people comfortable is the main thing. When I'm taking shots, I would say in a 15-minute session, it may end up being 100 pictures, mm-hmm. but I would say usually the ones towards the end mm-hmm. are the best. Yeah, yeah. I would agree because that, that's how it is for me as well. I, I always feel... It's almost like you're, you're warming up. And I don't do it enough for me to feel like uh, like I don't need to. I mean, I, but I, it takes, I take it you are... Me warming up is basically what you're saying, finding the, the best side, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the, the easiest way to get somebody to warm up is just have a conversation with them. Okay. You know, and it can be a conversation about anything. And usually you get somebody talking about stuff that they like. Mm-hmm. They'll talk for, you know forever you know so it's like oh what do you do where'd you go on vacation (laughs) little stuff just to get them talking because when people are talking they look natural yeah you know so when they're just talking and then you'll get like a natural smile Um, my favorite thing to get a natural smile is to tell people to think of something that makes you happy Mm -hmm. you know and usually that changes their whole face Okay, you know, that's a good think, tip. Yeah. You know, we think we hide our emotions. We really don't. Like, mm. <laughs> when it, when it, the, the expression is written all over your face. It yeah. really is written all over your face. So <laughs> I think when we, um, you know, so think of something that makes you happy. If you're trying to get, a, you know, if you're trying to get a different emotion, you know, think of something that really upsets you if you're trying mm. to get that emotion. Um, music is the best thing, like mm. playing somebody's favorite music can put them in a mood all also you're things. saying basically play the music while you're doing the session yeah okay yeah. background okay. music i can't i feel uncomfortable if i'm shooting 
like in silence really okay <laughs> yeah i usually shoot like i in the studio i always have music playing oh wow. and the subject always picks the music like okay. i'm gonna listen to what you like you okay know? i hate I, except for country i can't do that, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my my co-host on uh, bubble sword he's always making fun of me because that's if he wants to annoy me or wants me to run off the podcast he plays country because i tell you i i I don't understand, except for some of the Miley Cyrus, some back or Miley Cyrus or or Taylor Swift. Some of their stuff is not really country, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, it's more pop music, pop pop country, country pop. Yeah. Okay, but, so I'm yeah, writing down I, right here. So you're saying music? Ask music. him something that uh, that that they enjoy or or love. Yeah, or I, makes, I would say joy. It just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get them talking about themselves or things they've liked or things mm-hmm. that they've done. Um, I think those type of things get people comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and then they stop thinking about the camera, you know, and that's why I usually shoot on a tripod yeah. so I can use my hands and I'm not holding the camera there and I can mm-hmm. maybe just rest my hand and I can be in focus and talk to them and be yeah. making eye contact with them and those sort of things. So yeah, I think you know Aaron. Help? Aaron. Uh, Aaron Jean, uh, one of our friends. He, I, I believe, he also shoots on a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, people can go check him out. Aaron Jean Photography But yeah, I believe he also shoots on a tripod. And and it, basically, it's almost like you're making them forget maybe about the the camera for a little bit while you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. Is that is yeah. that what you're aiming for? Or well, that um, talking with your hands, instructing with your hands. Yeah. Um, just being a little more comfortable where when you, and the other thing is when you find an angle, mm-hmm. you can keep it, you know, your hands aren't going to, your hands will move eventually. Yeah. So it's finding that I find that you get a lot more, um, sharp, much, a lot more sharper images. Okay. When, um, you shoot on a tripod cause yeah. the camera doesn't have to work as hard because it's steady. Right. Um, so those type of things are just little tips that I like. I like shooting on a tripod, um, because the other thing is that I usually walk over to my subject a lot. Mm-hmm. So it stops me from having to put the camera down. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I rarely, um, like, I won't give instructions from across the room. Okay. So if I'm doing like a full body shot and I'm across the room or, you know, a good distance away, I'll always walk over to my subject mm-hmm. and talk to them. It just gives a different perspective. I'm not yelling to them. I can give them instruction. The other thing I find that helps with portraiture a lot is um, shooting tethered. Okay. So whether you're shooting and you're able to send your images to your computer, if you're outside, if you can send them to like an iPad, something where they can see what they're doing and see mm-hmm. how they look. Instant because feedback. Because once, yeah, get some instant feedback. Because once somebody feels, the other thing is like once somebody feels like they look good, mm-hmm. they're good. Okay. Now they're happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're like, I look amazing. Yeah, you look amazing. Let's go. And then they're, <laughs> you know. Right. And then they trust you because you're giving them all these instructions. And like if you're posing them and it feels like I tell them, I know it feels weird, mm-hmm. but it looks great. Yeah. And once they feel like, okay, I know it feels weird, but I saw these pictures. They look really great. Right. Then they trust you. Right. Right. You know, and then it, it's always good. Um. So it's just those little kind of icebreakers. Mm-hmm. And once you break the ice, you're good. So so, so my next question, mm-hmm. your wife has the subject. How, how does that go? My wife hates taking pictures. <laughs> hates taking pictures. Uh-huh. And how do you I, get her I, I think, comfortable? I think, 
I think everybody in my house hates the kimchi. That's the weirdest thing. But well, well, your daughter at Murakami looked like she was really comfortable when you were taking pictures of her a couple of years ago. But that was that was for a very specific. It's for Sweet Sixteen. I want these pictures, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But on a regular, like, let me take your picture. Nah, it's not. Oh, happening. really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife hates taking pictures, but she loves the headshots that I take of her oh. because she gets a lot of compliments on them. Oh, nice. Okay. That's so good. when she needs a new headshot, that can go down. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't, I mean, she trusts me at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, you know, I had to earn her trust more than, you know, <laughs> yes. most people would probably trust me in the first couple of minutes to work with me. I've been married to this woman for how many years and I still have to gain her trust <laughs> to do her exactly. headshot. But, you know, it's all good. Um, it, I think shooting people that you know can be easier because you can relate to them. You, mm-hmm. Like you find, you know, something you can relate to. Right. Um, they tend to clam up. And the problem I have is that people compare themselves to every other picture that I've taken. Oh. So if they've seen a really good picture that I've taken, they feel like they have to live up to mm-hmm. this person's picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I do this person's headshot and God forbid I do another friend's headshot, they're going to be comparing it to that friend's headshot. <laughs> and they want theirs to be just as good. Mm-hmm. So, but that makes people clam up, Yeah, you know, instead of being natural. So then you have to kind of do the whole icebreaker, even with people, you know, yes, yes. You know, you're doing icebreakers. So just those little things, I think conversation, um, going over general posing. Um, I, I think you need to, I use my hand to pose people. I just tell them to follow my hand mm-hmm. rather than say, everybody loses their ability to turn, tell left from right and front from back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll, they'll end up literally spinning in a circle if you let them. <laughs> so I usually tell people, instead of saying, turn a little to the left, I'm just like, follow my hand with your chin. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'll move their chin and I'll move their head and I'll just follow my hand with your, you know, follow your head, let it follow my hand up, let it follow down. And then after a little bit, they get used to that mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to pose. And then it's just like, all right, stop there, hold that. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like muscle memory. Muscle. They'll start to remember how to get into the pose. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Now let's throw in another monkey wrench into this mix. Light, artificial light. Okay. So I think understanding light is the most understood, uh, most misunderstood thing in photography. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people set up lights and they just set them up arbitrarily and wish for the best (laughs) you know and they have no idea what the light is doing or why they're making adjustments so artificial light is great because you can repeat it right you know natural light is different every single day Mm -hmm. you can get sort of the same light but not artificial light you can you can repeat it you know if you put this light with this modifier this many feet away at this power setting you're going to get the same picture. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, for me, if I go into an office to do headshots one day, and then I go to the other branch of the office and do some headshots the next day, but they need to put all these headshots on the same website, I can just set up the same, yeah. you know, and the pictures will look like they were all taken on the same day and everybody will look the same because everybody's going to be lit the same. Right, right. So I think that's the beauty of artificial light. Um, you can... You can play with it. Mm-hmm. You can shape it literally to any way you want it. You know, mm-hmm. you can add highlights. You can add shadow. Um, you can add detail. Those type of things by the type of light that you choose mm-hmm. right. um, to use. So artificial light takes some practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I feel like natural light, 
you can just use the law of averages a lot of times. You know, you can just kind of shoot, 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 and pick the best ones from mm -hmm. what you got. Whereas if you mess up <laughs> artificial <laughs> strobe lighting, it's <laughs> pretty bad. It's good, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I think just understanding light and what the stops of lights or the increments of lights is mm -hmm. and those the inverse square law which is just a fancy way of saying the light will change if you move it <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know that's pretty much the inverse square line the light will change if you move it <laughs> and you just need to understand how it's changing when you move it mm -hmm. um, light is more defined when it's closer mm -hmm. and it gets less defined and more spread out when it's further away. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way I find to explain it to people is if you take um, the light on your, like the flashlight on your phone mm -hmm. and you put it really close to your hand and you see how defined it is as a circle and yep. how you can see how it actually fills in um, An actual your actual handprint. Yep. And then as you move it away, you can see more of the wrinkles and stuff come out as you move it further and further away. The light spreads more right. and your hand will actually start to look older as you pull the light back <laughs> yeah. and it looks younger as you put it closer. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to describe um, artificial light. And that's the same thing you're doing with the strobe. It's just flashing, you know, for a fraction of a second when you do it. Right. So um, rule of thumb is the bigger the modifier, the further you can move it back and still get the same type of light and same type of shape. Mm -hmm. The smaller the modifier, the closer you need to have it to the subject, but and it's going to be a lot more defined. Right. So those type of things, um, little, little things. And then everything kind of builds off of that. Yeah. You know, it's like learning basic multiplication and then you can do division and you can do fractions and you can do all this other stuff. But they're mm -hmm. all based upon addition, subtraction, multiplication. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. So once you learn the basics, you can you can do calculus. You know, <laughs> do you need to do calculus. Uh, most times, no, you just need addition, subtraction, multiplication. And that's all you're doing. You're either cutting light in half or you're doubling it, um, or you're adding, you know, one increment, those sort of things. Once you get those understandings and you can use artificial light and strobes and mm -hmm. everything. True. So it's all about um, adding and subtracting light yeah. to get the, the detail or the no details of what you want. When, um, when starting with flash, do you think people should just start with one, one flash? And a, yes. and a diffuser or something? Yeah, I would say start with one flash and a reflector. Okay, run and flash. Because that will, that will, and in a reflector could be a piece of um, foam core board that you use for kids, a uh, white piece of foam core. Yep, that's that what I have. Use for like a kid's, <laughs> a kid's project, yep. um, school project. That's all you need. Or if you have an official, you know, a reflector, um, you can use that too. Because I think once you understand a single light, then you can understand what adding two lights, three lights set up, four lights set up. It's all building upon that single light setup. Right. So I would um, definitely encourage just buy one light because like if you get one really good main light, mm -hmm. that's going to make a world of difference than having like three cheap. True. You know, what so about I what about you know like I have an old school Minolta. Um, you know, because I use Sony, but, you know, I have an old school Minolta, which is what I'm using, basically, and just diffusing that flash, you know, flash gun. Uh, you know, it's, well, it's like 30 bucks. 
I mean, mm-hmm. th- that is basically what I'm using to understand the uh, the, the properties of light. I'm, I'm sort of getting it, you know, uh, one light uh, diffused reflector mm-hmm. on one, on the opposite side. It's interesting, yeah, but think, uh, different yeah, beasts. I, I, yeah, I think a, a rule of thumb, diffused light is what people usually consider beautiful light. Mm-hmm. You know, so diffused light is usually small diffused light is usually more beautiful than just a small light that's not diffused. Right, right. I agree. You know, because think of the difference between hard light and soft light really can be defined by how quickly something goes from bright to shadow. Mm-hmm. The, con- so the like contrast. Soft light, soft light is usually a gradual fall off, fall off of, yeah. from bright to dark, whereas hard light is usually very abrupt. Yeah. And you have really bright highlights and you have really dark shadows, which looks really cool if you're going for that effect. Right. Usually in portraiture, if you want skin to look good, you usually go with like softer light, mm-hmm. more diffused light, bounced light. Bounced light is beautiful. Yeah. If you have a white wall or a white ceiling and you just have a speed light yeah. and you bounce the light off of that, because basically what you're doing is... You're taking that little two inch light and making it a couple of feet when it hits that wall. You're basically making it the sun in your house. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Basically doing that. And you get some beautiful light. Yeah. Um, As long as you have white walls or you can adjust the color either in post-production or in your camera. If you have like yellow walls or a blue wall, you can still bounce the light. It's just going to come back with that color. The cast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and people don't look good blue <laughs> <laughs> it, it may give a cool effect i don't know if that's what you're going for to shoot like a you know a blue looking uh person like an oompa loompa or something but, uh, <laughs> you know it, it could have a cool effect but if you want natural looking you would have to adjust your white balance and your color later on mm-hmm. or you can do it in camera and get um and i Oh, another thing I want to say about shooting portraiture. A lot of people use an 18% gray card to set mm-hmm. white balance. Mm-hmm. That is not for white balance. <laughs> no. 18% gray card or a middle gray card yeah. is for exposure. Oh. That's what that is used for. Okay. You should be setting your white balance off of white. Okay. So you should have a white card. Mm. Um, okay. So you should be setting your white balance off of... Um, they usually sell the panels that have white, gray, and black. Black, yeah. All right. So you should be setting a white balance off of the white. Okay. Not off of um, middle gray. Middle gray is something that comes from the film days and it's used to set exposure. Okay. <laughs> so middle gray is what your um, camera meter is doing. Um, it's taking whatever is completely black and whatever is completely white and it tries to make it middle gray gray. and that's what will give you an even exposure and an even histogram okay um so it's not for white balance white balance okay (laughs) so white balance it it says it in this name you should be white (laughs) balancing (laughs) the white off of something white Uh you know so i think that's a big misconception that a lot of people use gray cards to do white balance you know so um i was one that made that mistake (laughs) so (laughs) But gray cards are, are definitely for exposure and it'll give you, so if you're trying to set proper exposure, say you're using strobes and you take a picture of a gray card, mm-hmm. your your RGB histogram, everything mm-hmm. should be right in the middle. In the middle, okay. So that's how you know, like, it's um, a good exposure. So your um, 
your red, your blue, your green, all the histogram points should line up directly in the middle. And that's how you know you have even exposure. Mm -hmm. And that's a good starting point. So yeah, just use it for that, but use a white card to set your white balance. Okay, cool. Yeah, Very and cool. color, and I say that because color makes a huge difference in portrait. Mm -hmm. Color accuracy um, will change the way your portraits look. Okay. Um, and that's why I, I find it hard to believe when they say, oh, they like Canon color better, or they like Nikon color better, or you like Sony <laughs> colors better. I'm like, I guess if you're talking about shooting street JPEGs <laughs> out of the camera, but anybody serious or semi-serious about, you know, doing some serious portraiture that would really be worried about the color mm -hmm. would be shooting in raw. Yeah, true. You know, I think it makes a difference for those photographers who are, um, you know, if you're a like a paparazzi <laughs> or you're um, a red carpet photographer and you literally have seconds to upload pictures and everything else. Yeah. And you don't have any time to do any kind of edits. And yeah, I think. The color will make a difference, but you have so much control over the color. Yeah. So I don't know what people are talking about when they say they prefer the colors in a Canon or this one has more contrast. Like every camera <laughs> that I've seen, you can mm -hmm. turn up the contrast or turn it down. Yeah, that's or true. Turn up the, like there's nothing you can't adjust really in camera. True. You know, let alone having to do any type of post production. And, you know, I mean, yeah. even down to the prosumer cameras you can do all these adjustments so yeah. i really struggle to believe when people start talking about the sony color or the <laughs> canon color or the mm -hmm. colors and i don't know but maybe somebody could comment and chime in and educate <laughs> what they really mean because i don't know i uh have homework to do then <laughs> yes and i think strobe lighting is just about practicing artificial. Yeah. i mean lighting in general is just about practicing but practicing with the like anything else, practice with a purpose, write down what you're doing if you're not remembering and trying to figure out, okay, when I do this, what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the cool thing with shooting digital. You have an endless amount of space to practice. Yes. You know, it's you very fill true. up a card, delete it, you know, all that. So yeah. very true. You know, yeah, that's my uh my portrait spiel. So to recap, um, I feel like it is important to make a connection with um, your subject when you're doing portraiture, I think you'll get much better portraits. Mm -hmm. Usually talking about something um, that's of interest or to your subject will get them at ease. Mm -hmm. Something humorous. Music helps a lot. Let them pick the music for the session. Uh, that's a big thing. Don't play your music. Yeah, They may not like their, your music. They may be a devout Christian and mm -hmm. you're playing hardcore rap and it's going <laughs> to totally, they may not say anything, yeah. but they will be uncomfortable the yes. whole time they're, they're there in your session. So just letting them pick the music, that little tidbit, um, working with them um, instead of taking portraits and like yelling across the room, walking over to them yeah. and it's giving them instruction, like walking away from the camera, talking to them without the camera. It's good. Shooting on a tripod if you're doing those type of headshot type of portraits in a close setting mm -hmm. usually works well because you can talk with your hands, you can instruct with your hands, and yeah. you won't lose your angle um, that you found with the camera. Right. So, you know, those little things, I think, help. Artificial light, big is soft, small is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you want to <laughs> sum it up that way. Yes. Um, 
<laughs> bounce light is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would suggest starting with one light. It would be less confusing. Start with a single light. Learn how to bounce the light. Learn how to use a reflector. Learn what the light is doing when you move it around. And also remember that you do have settings in your camera to get color accuracy. I mean, yep. getting um, X-Rite sells a color checker, which will automatically co- check, um, correct your color for you, which is good um, because accurate color does make a difference in portraiture. Accurate skin tones, that yeah. sort of thing will make a difference in your um, portraits. Um, and it'll make your portraits look a lot cleaner. Skin will look a lot better, a lot more natural the way people are used to seeing it. You know, you won't have any type of cast in your in your um, image. And then if you want to be creative, you're at least starting with something that's color accurate. And mm-hmm. if you want to add color grades and, you know, make something warmer, make something cooler, you can do that afterwards. But you're starting with um, a good neutral starting point. So, cool. And, you know, even if you're looking at color, um, look at the settings in your camera, whether because a lot of them have the different color modes like portrait, landscape neutral those type of things Mm -hmm. switch them on and off and see what they're doing to your picture don't assume that just because it says portrait that's the one you're supposed to true you know because actually on the sony i use the suit in neutral i find like the portrait makes it a little too yellow okay so i mean you know play with it yeah it comes down to your taste but ultimately it comes down to practicing if you really want to get yep i agree and the easiest way is shoot somebody you know just don't pick your wife if she doesn't like to pick pictures (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly all right cool man yeah well thank you for the so, uh the education and uh hopefully our listeners will enjoy that yeah i hope they will and if you awesome. listeners have anything uh you would like to tell us about this just uh message us you know devon where's your uh where shall they message you i guess the easiest thing i'm on all social media i'm at devon warren photo d-e-v-o-n-w-a-r-r-e-n-f-o-t-o you can find me on all social media at that handle cool and you can message me at cw daily c-w-d-a-l-y everywhere even the website is that as well so yeah we're uh we're at we're in all the places <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, man. All right, until next time. We until won't be as time. long this time. Hopefully we won't get fired, so yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll, hopefully there'll be a next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. All right. Later. Later.